Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show on this beautiful Wednesday here in Tucson. And uh, whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com. We do appreciate you. Also, if you're checking out the podcast, if you're listening, if this is somewhere in the future, right now, somewhere you're listening in the future, which is all kind of weird for me to think about, uh, via the podcast that you can find anywhere, Apple, Amazon, Audible, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places you can get your podcast. You can find the Jeff Dean Show right there with ESPN Tucson. We do appreciate you tuning in and lending us your ears. We know you have a choice of where to uh, get your news and information and sports and entertainment, and uh, we appreciate you choosing Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Speaking of choosing and listening to the show, you're going to want to definitely be listening next week and in the weeks to come because uh, I've, gi- I've been given the green light to talk about this and we'll be, um, we'll be you know, it's, it's, it's going to be made official on the station and all this other stuff, but I'm just going to go ahead and blow the top off of this thing anyways because it's my show and that's what I want to do. I have, I talked about it earlier, I've had season tickets for Arizona football for quite some time and I have season tickets again this year. Obviously, as the PA announcer, I cannot sit in my seats and call the game from there. <laughs> I'm five stories above the field in the PA deck and watching from there and announcing and, and you know doing my job uh, from afar with my super binoculars and my team of staff who deal with me on a nightly basis. The, the season tickets just kind of sit there. I give them to friends, family, whomever wants them. I just say, hey, uh, if you're going to be in town in Tucson, let me know. I'll get you some tickets to the game. They're like, oh, really? Yeah, I got tickets. You have my tickets. Oh, cool. I do it all the time. Give it to friends and family. People call me up. They're like, hey, you got tickets for the game? I say, yes, I do. But this year we're doing it differently. I'm going to give you my tickets. You, the listeners, are going to have chances to win my tickets to Arizona football games this year. I have four tickets, pretty close to midfield. They're, uh, they're good seats, folks. You're going you're gonna to like them. Trust me. Great, great vantage point uh, from where the tickets are. And I've got four tickets, and what I'm going to be doing is every single week that there's a home game, so next week leading into San Diego State, we're going to do text-to-win contests. Okay? There's going to be a keyword. You'll be texting the keyword to a specific phone number, and then we'll take, uh, we'll take qualifiers all throughout the week, Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday I will announce two winners. We're gonna. Uh, there's there's four seats. I, instead of doing a family four pack, I think it's easier for people just to say I'm taking my buddy to the game, or I'm taking my wife to the game, or taking my son or my daughter to the game. Okay, it's easier to do that and say I'm gonna. Well, we have six and we only have four. That's more difficult. If you just say they've only got two tickets, I'm just taking one person. It's a lot easier that way. Plus, we get more winners. We get more people involved. I, I like giving away more things to more people. So that's why we're gonna do this. We're gonna do two pairs of tickets every single week. So I'm gonna split my tickets up. Okay. We're going to give away the four tickets, the four seats that I have to the games, to all the home games, and we're going to let you guys win them. Because I just, I was like, let's just, let's just give them away to the fans. I, I would rather give them away to the listeners than to my friends. And my friends and family can fend for themselves. <laughs> they, they, they'll figure it out. So starting next week, you're going to want to start listening for the keyword and the phone number to text to win my tickets to Arizona football games. 
It's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. Love it. And uh, I'll be like I'll be like right above you guys because like, I'm I'm basically right at midfield where I sit in the PA deck. I'll be like right above you, so I'll be able to watch and see if you're misbehaving. Uh, also, I'll be able to see and watch if you're rooting for the other team because if that happens, I'll just have an usher come and kick you out, and we'll do it publicly, and we will shame you, and it's going to be an ugly situation. So make sure you're wearing your Wildcat red, or if we have uh, a whiteout or something to that nature, make sure that you're uh, make sure that you're you know wearing the appropriate attire for uh for whatever that game uh, is uh if we have a promotion going on that that day make sure you're wearing the appropriate attire always wearing red is fine you're always covered there just wear u of a colors you'll be good to go so stay tuned for that i'm going to be giving away and the tickets are digital so we'll be texting you the tickets like i'll you know the tickets i've essentially handed over my tickets to the team at espn tucson i'm like here you distribute the tickets i can't personally do it uh it's just there's legality issues and things like that. So ESPN Tucson is going to handle that for me. They're going to facilitate the tickets. But I'm giving up my tickets to you guys, the listeners. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some more details. And obviously, you'll be wanting to listen next week for your text to win opportunities to win those tickets. It's going to happen every single week. We have a home game. So obviously, can't win tickets to the road games. I don't have tickets to those. So sorry. (laughs) Can't can't buy season tickets for all the Pac-12 games that we have this year. NFL roster cuts occurred yesterday. Teams had to get down to 53-man rosters, and they did so by cutting a lot of – look, there's a lot of good players out there available. I was looking at some of the lists of some of the guys. I'm like, wow, that guy got cut. Man, I can't believe that guy got cut. Tells you kind of who the the wealthy are in the uh, in the NFL. Based on the players they cut, you can kind of tell, like, how good their roster is. Like, looking at some of the teams near the top – like, just for instance, obviously I went to the 49ers and looked at their – like, they cut three guys who are going to catch on in the NFL. They're going to be on another team. They're going to be on a 53-man roster somewhere. They're they're going to be snatched up so fast. It's, you know, it's mind-boggling. Like Wayne Gallman, the, the running back, who's still a, a fantastic running back. He can do a lot in this league. Still got good straight-line speed, strength, catch the ball in the backfield. He just doesn't fit into the 49ers' backfield. He's fourth man on the depth chart, and the 49ers didn't want to carry four running backs this year even though I think they probably should. They keep getting guys hurt. Uh, Some news of note, though, specifically, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, I did notice that they released Jace Whitaker, and Jace, just a, you know, great guy, great kid, former Arizona Wildcat, of course, and the entire time I watched Jace in Tucson, I said, that kid's going to play on Sundays. I know that he's got what it takes to play on Sundays. You can just tell. He's a playmaker. He's always around the ball. He's smart. He's instinctful. He, he, he's he's got what it takes to play on Sundays. And I still believe that Jace will play on Sundays. It just may not be with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I think that he's definitely going to be considered for their practice squad. They can, they can carry seven men on the practice squad. I do think that he's going to be heavily considered for the practice squad because of other news that came out of Cardinal camp yesterday as the Arizona Cardinals placed their top free agent signee in the offseason, uh, for cornerback at least that is, Malcolm Butler on the retired list. Now, there was a report, and I mentioned it yesterday, that Malcolm Butler had kind of mentioned mulling retirement based on a personal issue that has occurred recently. Cliff Kingsbury and none of the Arizona Cardinals staff or uh, teammates are wanting to comment on what is going on. Obviously, it's something that's a very private matter for Malcolm Butler, but the Cardinals had to make a decision with him yesterday whether to keep him on the 53-man or cut him. 
and what they did is they put him on the reserve slash retired list. He signed a one year contract with the Cardinals in March. Um, he's you know obviously the guy that was going to be coming over to replace Patrick Peterson as kind of a one year stopgap while the Cardinals figure out what's going on at corner. Now, if in fact he doesn't end up playing, if he, if he continues to to play this out uh, and and continues to stay retired, the Cardinals are in big trouble at corner. Like they got they, like they're in they're in legitimate legitimate issues uh, at corner because of the now exit of of Malcolm Butler. They, you know, when you're when you're looking at the rest of their roster. Uh, you know, you, you look at the depth chart there, it's not <laughs> it's not conducive to a team that's going to scare a lot of people and keep them from throwing the football on them. Byron Murphy is going to be upgraded to their to their number one corner, essentially. Marco Wilson will probably be upgraded to their number two. Uh, and then a guy by the name of Tay Gowan, who I don't even I don't even know who that is, to be honest with you, is going to be corner number three. And then the other uh, the other guy, Robert Alford, he is he's hurt right now, and Luke Barku is also on the team at corner. So I think that that uh, that Jace is going to be strongly considered for that practice squad spot because Cardinals are going to need help at corner, and they they may go into the corner market. There may be some corners available today that weren't available yesterday because of the cuts, but this this is a huge blow to the Arizona Cardinals and their defense. They're going to have to really get after the quarterback to try to hide a lot of their inefficiencies on the back end. And a lot of times that doesn't go over too well. You'll give up big gash running plays and stuff uh, when you when you oversell the blitz just trying to hide your secondary. You can't hide your secondary in the NFL. You can do it in college because you can confuse quarterbacks uh, and you can hide you can hide a, a, a poor secondary in college. But in the NFL, you can't hide anything. Like, you got a bad secondary that is going to be exploit, exploited, and teams are going to either throw the ball over the top or they're going to gash you in the running game when you oversell your blitz. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. So huge news for the Cardinals if, uh, if Malcolm Butler continues to stay on the retired list. The New England Patriots, which we mentioned previously, Cam Newton was cut, elevating Mac Jones to the, to the starting quarterback job. We talked about it yesterday morning. Don't need to really talk about that anymore. Bill Belichick met with the media this morning, talked about his decision, was resolute in his decision. Just said, look, we saw, you know, we gave guys equal reps, and Mac Jones was the better quarterback. I thought it was interesting. Teddy Bruschi this morning, I was listening to, to Teddy Bruschi. I was kind of just having some morning coffee and just kind of watching some of the stuff that, uh, that was on the air. And they had Teddy Bruschi. And anytime Teddy's on, I always li- I always like to listen because Teddy's so insightful and he's he's so well sp- spoken when it comes to uh, discussing NFL and and specifically the New England Patriots. And he was talking about repeated errors in 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 New England. He, he said he said there's there's a there's a two word phrase that they use in New England that that is just strictly taboo and it's repeated errors. I think it's repeated errors. Something to do with error. Um, and basically saying that they threw they threw the book at Mac Jones. What they would do is they would they would go, essentially go out there would teach him something in the in the classroom, and they would say, if you you know if you, if you get this look, this is what we need you to do. And he'd say, okay. So he's in the classroom. He would get all this information. They'd go out to the practice field. All of a sudden, boom! They show him the look, and 
he would either get it right away or he wouldn't. Obviously, there's a, there's a 50-50 proposition there. However, when they threw it at him again, he would make the right decision. This is coming from Teddy Bruschi. He came, he, he came to the right decision. So either, either he made the right decision the first time or he made it the second time. He did not have repeat errors. He did not repeat the same error over and over again, making that same mistake that, we, you know, that people talk about all the time. And that's why Teddy Bruschi believes Mac Jones won the job. Not because of personal disagreements between the team and Cam Newton or difficulties, which I do think were in play. They were certainly in play. But I do believe that, that Teddy Bruschi's got a point, that strictly when it comes down to running the team and being able to recognize situations and being able to not repeat the same error twice, that Mac Jones was the guy who rose above. Look, here's the thing. People are treating like, people are treating this Cam Newton thing like, oh, my God, you cut a future Hall of Famer. Okay, yeah, he's a former league MVP. He had one breakout season. Ever since then, he's never had a higher completion percentage other than 50. He's never been higher than 57% completion percentage. That's not going to cut it in today's NFL. May have cut it 20 years ago, 30 years ago. 57% doesn't cut it anymore. You've got to be 60% plus. You can't, you can't be less than, less than 60%. You can't be, certainly can't be less than 57%, which is where he has stayed his, almost his entire career except for one season. Okay? And it's not like, it's not like the, 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 the New England Patriots won some kind of a, a sweepstakes for Cam Newton. It wasn't that they outbid everyone for him. It wasn't because they were the first team on the waiver wire to claim him, not you know, because they were first in line. It took him four months to get a job. Like the Patriots were like, all right, well, we'll, we'll bring you in here. In a year that they knew, they, uh, eight starters were taking the year off. Eight starters said, uh, you know, we're going to take the year off because of COVID. Bill Belichick knew exactly what he was doing. I talked about it on the air before we went to break, before, you know, before everything, before the shutdown and everything happened last year. I was talking about it, how Belichick was calculated and knew what he was doing with with resting starters during the COVID season. He knew the COVID season wasn't going to matter much. He knew that he didn't have much of an opportunity to win or get in the playoffs that year, losing Brady in his first season, rebuilding an offensive line, trying to get that defensive back. I mean, he knew that it it was a zero-sum year for the Patriots. So he told anybody and everybody who wanted to take the year off, take the year off. We're going to we're going to grind our quarterback into the ground. We got a a 6-foot 5, 240-pound quarterback who can run he only threw eight touchdown passes last year, folks. That's in a full season. He, he, he started 15 games for the Patriots last year, threw eight touchdown passes. That tells you exactly what kind of game plans they had for Cam Newton in New England. It was just don't, you know, don't fumble the ball. Don't make us look like fools out here. They ran him into the ground. He wouldn't even run the ball 20 times or something like that in the first game of the season. Had, he had th- three rushing touchdowns or something, right? Look, it's not like teams were climbing over one another to get Cam Newton as their quarterback to begin with. And this is likely the end for Cam Newton. And I do believe that that the conversation yesterday or or previously between Cam and and Bill Belichick was if you're not going to start me then just cut me. I, I I firmly believe that. I don't believe it was any type of a a vindictive move by Bill Belichick. If you listen to players who have played for Belichick over the years, He's not the heartless, you know, cold, calculated coach that the media portrays him to be or that he portrays himself to be often. 
Uh, he's a guy who cares about his players, and players love Bill Belichick. The, the, the guys who buy into the system, who, who are willing to play by their strict rules, absolutely love Bill Belichick, and he loves them back. So I do believe that I, I think the majority of the decision made to cut Cam Newton was a gentleman's agreement between the two. If you're not going to start me, then cut me. Let me go try to be somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a backup. Let me see if I, can, if I can catch on somewhere and win a job, win a starting job somewhere. And I think, I think deep down, I think Cam knew that Mac Jones was going to win that job too. Maybe why he took time away from the team. Again, this is just, I'm just speculating here. This is not news. This is not anything official. I'm just speculating. But again, people that are treating this, like I'm shocked. I was shocked yesterday that he was cut. Like that was shocking news to me that he was cut. Obviously, when things happen like that, you tend to, I don't want to say overreact, but you don't have time, especially like in my business. I'm, I'm here to deliver the news. I was, I was able to announce within three minutes of Cam Newton being cut to you guys on the air that Cam Newton was cut, that Mac Jones is going to be the starter. That's not a whole lot of time to contemplate and think things over based on, you know, how, how, to, read, uh, you know, how to read between the lines of what may have happened or to listen to other people who are experts who are very, very close to the situation talk about what happened in New England. And now that I've had more time and more, more people to listen to regarding it, I don't believe that it was, it was solely on the fact that Cam Newton wasn't playing ball with Bill Belichick and Belichick fired back at him and, and, and gave him his outright release. I believe it was simply the fact that, yes, Mac Jones won the job, was the better quarterback, and that there was a gentleman's agreement between Belichick and Cam to have him be released and off on his own and able to seek out his own employment as opposed to just holding a clipboard and ending his career as a backup somewhere. And if Cam Newton doesn't get any suitors, he can retire knowing that he was a starter in New England his final year in the NFL. But again, it's not like teams were climbing over themselves, one another, to get to Cam Newton the last offseason. The Patriots just waited. They were like, okay, let's see how this COVID thing plays out. Okay, it's not going away. We're going to have a restricted season. We're going to give all our players the year off, and we're going to bring in Cam Newton to be our quarterback. That's how it went down. So the legacy that, that Cam Newton may or may not leave behind, I don't know. I mean, I, we'll wait to see what kind, of, uh, what kind of future he has in the NFL. To be honest, I, I don't think. I, I really don't think that there is much future for him. Also surprising news I mentioned in uh, Wildcat Cuts in the NFL – the New England Patriots also released Nick Folk, kicker. I mean, probably a future Hall of Famer in Nick Folk. He's scored a ton of points in the NFL, made some really clutch kicks, played on some really good teams. Nick Folk was released, so any teams out there looking for a veteran kicker may be looking to give Nick Folk a tryout uh, this, uh, this offseason looking into the uh, 2021 season. And news out of Houston, there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not Deshaun Watson would be on the uh, 53-man roster or not. He is, in fact, on the 53-man in Houston, which still gives them the option to trade him or play him should things work out. However, it's going to work out there with David Culley, the new head coach, uh, after Deshaun Watson has come out basically and said, I'm never playing for this team ever again, yada, yada, yada. We'll see 
what happens. If they tend to call his bluff, you know, we'll see. But, again, he's got a lot of other problems on his mind, on his plate, besides am I going to play for Houston this year or not. Check out NFL Cover 2 every weekday here on Spears and Ali. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, serving Arizona for over 30 years. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Hey, maybe the Lions are looking for a new kicker. Well, in fact, they are looking for a new kicker. Maybe Nick Folk can catch on in Detroit, kick indoors for a change, because the Lions released both of their kickers yesterday. <laughs> two, two in camp, Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez. Yes, that Zane Gonzalez. Both were, uh, were in the Lions preseason uh, mix, and both got cut yesterday. So Lions right now have no kicker. I'm guessing they're going to try to sign one. Uh, maybe Nick Folk is the guy. Or they they may go somewhere else. I saw that uh, Jimbo Fisher is set to get an extension. I, I'm guessing, you know, this is just, uh, you know, the SEC being SEC and Texas A&M, who makes a lot of money. They're going to pay him like $9 million a year. He's not won anything. <laughs> Man, must be nice to be a mediocre coach and go to Texas A&M not saying that Jimbo Fisher is all that mediocre there were uh, uh, plenty of stops along the way where he's won a lot of football games but uh, you know Texas A&M Texas A&M's gonna be really good they're gonna be really good this year not not knocking that but is he nine million dollars a year good uh, I don't know I'm not sure and speaking of money I don't know if you guys saw this this is this is getting outrageous. So, Ohio State quarterback, okay, C.J. Stroud, right? He's going to be the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. Apparently, is is in line to sign an NIL deal that will make him one point four million dollars. Like that's just insane. $1.4 million. or not? I'm sorry, not C.J. Stroud. I was thinking of this year's starting quarterback. Quinn Ewers. Sorry, Quinn Ewers, the, uh, uh, their highly touted uh, recruit. That's the one. That's right. It was Quinn Ewers. Blue chip Ohio State quarterback recruit Quinn Ewers has uh, struck an autograph deal. I couldn't remember if it was Stroud or Ewers. Uh, struck an autograph deal with a marketing company called GT Sports to an NIL rights deal that's going to pay Will. Uh, it's going to pay Quinn Ewers $1.4 million over the next three years, which is, you know, potentially how long he's going to last at Ohio State. He has to be there three years. He had to be three years removed from high school in order to be eligible to join the NFL. Now, this is the largest NIL deal that's at least been made public um, as w- once, the, uh, once the NIL rights were essentially given the green light back on July 1st. Now, what's notable about this particular deal is that Quinn Ewers hasn't even taken a snap in college football. He just, like, he literally just left high school. He, remember, he, he's, he, he left high school. He graduated early to join um, Ohio State early, obviously to get everything kind of kick-started because this was all going to be stuff coming down the pike for him as the highest-rated recruit in the class. 
Quinn Ewers, the new quarterback, going to be starting uh, next year, of course, for Ohio State, unless uh, something you know drastic happens. Um, he, you know, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be. He knew he was gonna be making tons of money. Now he's just the sixth prospect in the history of two four seven sports composite rankings to earn a perfect score, a perfect rating. Only the sixth player in history. Guys like um, Vince Young. Vince Young also got a a perfect score. I remember that. I don't remember who else the other guys are. I'll have to look into that. But yeah. So Quinn Ewers, one point four million dollars over the, his three years at Ohio State. Look, this is, <laughs> again, when we found out that Bryce Young, that, that uh, Nick Saban wasn't BSing those Texas high school football coaches about the potential to make a million bucks at Alabama in NIL licensing, uh, Bryce Young, we found out, had that $900,000 deal with Cash App, or, uh, yeah, I think it was Cash App. Now Quinn Ewers signs $1.4 million, and he hasn't even played a game. He's not even in college yet. <laughs> it's like, when you get here. We got a million and a half waiting for you. This is going to change so much. And look, it's football is one thing. Football and, and the rich are going to continue to get richer. I'm interested to see how this is going to affect college basketball. And here's why. Because the NIL, the name of if football players are getting one point four million, okay, what is what is a top flight high school recruit going to be able to get? Like Obviously, they can't commit them to three years because the NBA has the one-year rule. you got to be one-and-done kind of thing. So you can't sign a, sign a player to a three-year deal like they did with Quinn Ewers, but they can sign a guy to 300000 for one year, 400000 500000 uh, for a highly, a highly rated recruit in a big mercurial market. Maybe if a guy goes to you know, Kentucky's and Lexington playing in front of 23,000 people every night, if you go to Duke when you're on ESPN every stinking night of the week, you know, maybe you're maybe you're at uh, at UCLA or uh, you know one of the one of the blue bloods. You know, you go to North Carolina, Arizona, maybe uh, in a, an attraction case for that as well. If Tommy Lloyd continues the success that Gonzaga has shown, but now at a Power Five conference at a big school that's won a national championship, okay, this could mean you know a difference in whether or not a player chooses the G League over choosing to stay in college. And and another thing is, look if you if you sign if you're if you're a a, a future NBA prospect, okay, and you know that you're going to be able to make a million and a half over three years in college, as opposed to you know testing the waters in the NBA or maybe playing one year. Look, all of these kids, look you talk to the you talk to the coaches and stuff. They all think they're lottery picks. Every every single player on these teams, like these big teams, they all think they're lottery picks. It's comical. Obviously, there can only be 14 of them every year. It's very rare. And now that the Euro scene is happening, there's a lot of European players that are taking up those lottery spots as well. But I think it's going to change a lot of the things, a lot of the decision-making for college basketball players, whether they choose to go to college and play one year, two years, what have you, as opposed to going to the G League. Could be interesting to see what happens with NIL there, but... The numbers continue to skyrocket in NIL. Here we are three, two months in, right? July 1st was, was the green light for NIL. We're, this is September 1st. If my Mesa Public Schools math serves me correctly, that's two months. And we're at $1.4 million NIL deals already, things that I did not think were going to be even possible in the first year of NIL. <laughs> Absolutely insane. All right. 
We're going to take a timeout. When we return, more saga from the Bishop Sycamore fallout and the fiasco that was over the weekend. The coach got fired. Teams are backing out and possible litigation. All that coming up next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. It's been it's been a running joke over the last several days. Twitter has been all a flitter with funny memes and jokes about Bishop Sycamore. I've received tons of text messages from buddies who are just having a good old time with it. I mean, this is this is seriously weird stuff. Like this is, uh, you know, this is this is uh, nefarious, fraudulent activity from a school that may or may not even exist. And there's even more fallout today, as or yesterday, I guess I should say, as the the head coach of the team, Roy Johnson, was fired. Uh, he was fired yesterday after it was revealed that Johnson had an active warrant out for his arrest, and was facing a civil lawsuit for fraud. Andre Peterson, who is the founding director of the school, known as Bishop Sycamore, or whatever it is, also an assistant on the team, told USA Today uh, yesterday that uh, Roy Johnson was fired, that he was no longer with the team. Peterson said that he made the decision after the IMG Academy game on Sunday, which they lost 58 to nothing but wanted to wait until he had uh, one more conversation with Johnson before making the parting final. Now, this, of course, school had come under fire after it duped a marketing agency known as uh, Paragon Marketing Group into putting them in a spotlight game against IMG Academy on ESPN High School kickoff, uh, football kickoff week. So, you know, they, they, they duped a bunch of people. ESPN didn't do any research on it. ESPN says... We regret that this happened and discussed it with Paragon, the marketing company who scheduled the, uh, the the school. They have assured us that they will take steps to prevent this kind of situation from happening again. Rashid Ghazi, who is the president of Paragon, told Awful Announcing, who is a uh, podcast and a website uh, and a blog, said he wishes he would have done more research into Bishop Sycamore before the game and said the organization was unaware that the team had also played a game on Friday night. However, this story out of Nashville, Tennessee, Kyle Shoulders, who is the head coach at uh, uh, Macon County, a um, uh, Macon County football coach there in Tennessee, uh, it doesn't actually list his his school here. Interesting. Um, he says that he knew about this, like that this has been happening uh, for quite some time. They were uh, not so quite some time, but they he knew about this weeks ago. That Bishop Sycamore had been in contact with his organization, the TSSAA which is a they, – they put together like a, like a high school football jamboree every year where you basically come down to Tennessee, you play in, in, a, in like a, like a tournament-style game, you have matchups with other schools from across the country, and they put together this football thing. And he's been in contact with Bishop Sycamore, he said, since Christmas. He's been talking with them. But all of a sudden, two weeks ago, ghosted. They just got completely ghosted. Nobody ret- would return phone calls or emails. He contacted the head coach. He talked, contacted the athletic director. He contacted the president of the school. Nothing. So he was like, I'm going to go investigate these guys. And he said, quote, obviously I did more research than ESPN 
because we were able to find out how much lack of information there actually was on this school and this football team. He said, we couldn't get a response from them, and it put us in a bad spot, so I decided to start investigating. He said he was confused by Bishop Sycamore. He said that the teams of, of, of that caliber don't behave in that manner. And he's right, because they're not of that caliber. They lied. They were fraudulent in that professing of their caliber. Now, <laughs> Bishop Sycamore, and we talked about this yesterday, or actually the day before we talked about it, yeah? Um, that they had played a game against a Pennsylvania high school, lost to a Pennsylvania high school 19-7 to on Friday before playing IMG Academy on Sunday and had six more games scheduled in their preseason uh, you know, off-season, whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, for high school football before their 11-game season began in the state of Ohio. They're going to play six more in three weeks before their season kicked off. I don't know why their season's starting so late. They play until Christmas in Ohio? It's a bad idea. But uh, this, this head coach in Tennessee said, you know, watching it on ESPN, he goes, they looked exactly like what I expected them to look like. They were completely unorganized. They looked like they, they, it was a team that had been put together just three or four days before. Their equipment wasn't matching. They had black spray-painted helmets with no decals on them. It was a sloppy mess. He's right. Nobody else noticed this until it was 30 to nothing in the second quarter of the game when ESPN broadcasters, thankfully, you know, Tom Luganbill and uh, Anish Shroff, they both were like, uh, we're sorry, folks. We don't know what happened. This team is apparently not what they profess to be. Now we're just uh, we're in fear of, uh, of these kids' safety out there. So now the Ohio governor is getting into it. Governor of Ohio Mike DeWine released a statement yesterday calling upon the, the Ohio Department of Education to investigate the school because, like, this school claims it's in Columbus, Ohio. They have an address that's like in some business park that nobody will answer the door to, like nothing. Like it's just an empty address. How on, how on earth does this happen? How does this slip through the cracks? And, my God, what kind of a monster are these people that said that they, they, you know, they set out to have the you know the, the best intentions for these kids the president of the school the the uh andre peterson the founder and director of the school is an assistant coach on the team his son plays on the team he said he pushed back on allegations said that it wasn't a scam they didn't scam anybody he said there's nothing that i've gotten out of this that would constitute as a scam because i'm not gaining anything financially from what we're doing what the reality of it is that I have a son that's also in the program and has been in the program for four years. If it's a scam and the kids aren't going to school and not doing what they're supposed to, then I'm literally scamming myself. And most importantly, I'm hurting my own son. So when people say stuff like that, that it's a scam, I would literally be taking my son's future and throwing it in the trash. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you just answered your own question, dude. You did take your son's future and throw it in the trash. You enrolled him in a school that you had created on your own with with an address that is apparently leading to some kind of a false building or a false front or who knows what it is. You hire a head coach who is has a, a warrant out for his arrest. A warrant. An active warrant. 
and is facing a civil suit for fraud. This is the person you hired to lead your son and however many other young men into the field of battle against the best team in high school in, in the country in high school football and IMG Academy and nearly got these kids blocks knocked off. Sending them out there. I remember I told you on Monday that some of the IMG players and coaches had said like their equipment was falling apart. Like it wasn't like they didn't they weren't wearing complete equipment. It was mismatched and they 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 weren't it wasn't complete. It was it was in it was in bad shape. And then this guy comes out and says, "Well, I'm not scamming anybody because I'm not making anything financial from it." Well, the hell you are. Why why wouldn't you do it then? Do you, you just get your your rocks off by sending a bunch of young men out there to get completely blown out by the top talent in high school football across the country each year? Is that is that what you want to do? Is that what you're in this for? To embarrass these young men? To lie about uh you know their ability to go to a division 1 school? They their their quarterback and, and I, I, this, the kids are the ones I feel the worst for. The quarterback is out there with, like, highlight tapes and, like, I'm a three-star, I got Division One offers and stuff like that, and he doesn't have any Division One offers. And you watch his videos and you're like, I, I mean, it looks like it's his first day playing quarterback. I feel terrible for these kids. I hope – look, I hope this raises awareness for future nefarious – fraudulent people who are going to take advantage of young people and and other situations to try to gain financially or whatever it was that he's claiming that he was trying to gain out of this. I hope this raises awareness in the future so that this doesn't happen again. There there was that Tucson Tech uh, story that came out a few years ago. I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about that. I don't know if people are going to forget about this. This is one of those things like, Remember Bishop Sycamore, that whole story? I mean, oh, yeah, I remember that. Those kids, you know, got out there and they got blown out. And, and then the state of Ohio got involved and it was an illegal school and these kids weren't even attending class. And it, the kids that were on the field that day against IMG Academy weren't even enrolled in the school. And the, these, are the, these are the types of things that we're going to hear about this in the future when, you know, after the dust settles and we find out exactly what happened. It's probably going to be a while, although in this day and age, how quickly things are moving. You never know when someone's going to come up with some kind of a bombshell story and be like, yep, we made it all up. It's uh, it's total lie. Maybe this fired coach comes clean. He's got guilty conscience. I don't know. Or maybe he just goes to court to face his sins in front of a, a jury of his peers, and it all comes out publicly that way. One way or another, we're going to find out, and I hope that it, it leads to better awareness when it comes to these types of situations because this can never happen again. Like, this is – this is disgusting. I, just, I can't believe it. You know, I mean, we're going to be celebrating high school football in southern Arizona and across the state of Arizona this week as it kicks off. CDO taking on South Point Friday night, right? Right there at South Point uh, Catholic High School. Big game. A lot, of, a lot of great players in southern Arizona are going to be playing in that game. Huge game. You know, that's, that's the things that are right with high school football. This unfortunate story that is blowing up is all the things that are wrong with high school athletics. Did you know that uh, there's a FanDuel Sportsbook coming soon to the Suns Arena? Yeah, the footprint center where the Phoenix Suns play, you know, your home of the Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. There's a live sportsbook going to be installed in the building, and you're going to get an opportunity to win a VIP experience surrounding the whole unveiling of that new FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Now, the prize includes a one-night stay at the Kempton Hotel Palomar at Phoenix Cityscape, which is beautiful, by the way. If you've never been to it, it's, it's a gorgeous place, very convenient. Uh, you're going to get a customized jersey presented by Suns official mascot, Go. Lunch, dinner with the Phoenix Suns alumni, and attendance to a VIP event in the Nexus Club uh, Social Club, which is going to occur on September 9th. So this is all happening very, very soon. What are you waiting for? Enter the contest now. Go to FanDuel.com slash Suns experience. That's FanDuel.com slash Suns experience. And the contest ends this Friday, September 3rd. So you don't want to miss out. This is a uh, really cool once in a you know one of a type a one of a kind experiences uh, to go to the uh, go to the Footprint Center and see the unveiling of the FanDuel Sportsbook and get a full VIP experience surrounding the whole thing. Go to FanDuel.com/Suns-Experience to enter today. Must be 21 and over. Located in Arizona. Limit of one entry per registrant. Registrants who enter the promotion by signing up for a new FanDuel Sportsbook account must not have any other FanDuel account registered to their name, email and or social security information. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Already setting up tomorrow's show. We're going to try to uh, try to get a closer look at BYU. Trying to contact some people over there in in Provo, some folks uh, that are close to the to the program to see if we can get someone on to talk some BYU football with us. Because look, it's it's something you you know you want to know what uh, what's what's the discussion coming out of there. I've already said that there's been a lot of chirping going on that that BYU team is very confident in their abilities to win football games this year. We shall see. Right now, uh, depending on which book you're looking at, they're anywhere between 11.5 and a 12.5-point favorite. The line adjusted a little bit yesterday. And as I mentioned, we're going to have to wait till Thursday night, Friday morning, to see what the Sharps are doing in Vegas. You know, the final 24 hours before kickoff especially is a big indicator of what's going to be happening with, you know, where the money's being spent in Vegas by the Sharps. Uh, we'll take a close look at that because, you know, fans are, fans are you know, putting their wagers down this week, which is going to alter – the you know alter the uh, the money line and obviously a lot of money is being put on BYU right now because Vegas had to adjust the line to try to get people off of that uh, 11 and a half point marker they put them on a 12 and a half point marker and it slowed down a little bit so we'll see how the line adjusts it may end up being around kickoff time uh, Saturday night around a 10 or a 10 and a half point uh, spread when we're heading into that game so we'll wait and kind of see how that uh, how that all plays out we'll also have some more NFL news for you tomorrow as well uh, taking a look at, at, you know, where the Wildcats are, where you can find former Wildcats in the NFL on Sundays. As I mentioned, a couple of them got, uh, did get released by their teams yesterday. Jace Whitaker being one from the Arizona Cardinals. Kicker Nick Folk was released by the New England Patriots. I do expect both of those guys to end up with a team somewhere. I, I think Jace Whitaker will be strongly considered for the practice squad with the Cardinals, and I do think Nick Folk is going to get a look at least from some teams, maybe a team like the Lions, who have no kicker right now because they released all of them. So um, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see. And again, we'll have some we'll have some more information for you guys uh, on on that uh, on that tomorrow. Bill Belichick is saying all the right things right now in regards to his decision and putting a lot of confidence behind Mac Jones. And one of the things 
that you can count on in that situation is they're going to protect him. They're not going to leave him out there. This is an investment for the future. Bill Belichick is not going to put him you know, in any kind of harm's way. This is the right situation for Mac Jones to break into. They've got a great offensive line, one of the best in the league. They're going to feature a quick-release type of, of passing game, plenty of tight ends to catch the ball, plenty of talented tight ends to catch the ball, not a whole lot of, of deep, you know, over-the-top kind of stuff that's going to get Mac Jones into seven-step drops. Play, in a situation where we're going to be back there two and a half more sec, uh, two and a half or, or longer seconds delivering the football. It's going to be quick. They're going to run the football a lot. I think J.J. Taylor, who did make the 53-man in, in New England, we knew he would. Uh, it's going to be a situation where he's going to get a lot of a lot of playing time as well because not only has he shown an ability to be elusive and physical in the running game, he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield, and we've seen him pick up blockers in pass protection, and he has been remarkable at that his entire career. So he's another safety valve there for Mac Jones and for Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick said, the one thing I'm not is scared in dealing with uh, starting a rookie quarterback. So he's saying all the right things. It'll be interesting to see if a playoff caliber roster does in fact make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback in that division. That's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary behind the glass for all her hard work and pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air here. And, of course, thanks to you guys, the fans, for tuning in here every single weekday to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Spears and Ali at 3 o'clock. I'll see you guys again tomorrow at 7 for the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.